0: Hey there, Fletch from All Things Overlanding here, and today I'm gonna be talking about planning a new overlanding bill. Um, I've had several overlanding builds at this point, and I just picked up a brand new truck. So I wanted to give you some ideas for being intentional with those builds, right? Some tips and tricks that will help you if you're getting ready to start your own new overlanding build or thinking of potentially buying a new vehicle at some point. These should be some good tips and things that I've learned over multiple vehicles that I've built now. So again, if you want to learn more about how to build a new overlanding build and some tips and tricks to save you time and money, stay tuned. Alright guys so as I mentioned in the intro today I'm talking about being intentional with your overlanding build and kind of starting from scratch. As I mentioned I've had a few builds so if you haven't followed this channel for some time I had a Nissan Xterra that I bought bone stock and I built up from the ground up and then I had a Frontier that I bought kind of mostly already modified at least for off-roading and then I customized it towards overlanding. More recently, about a week or so ago, I bought a brand new 2023 Nissan Frontier Pro 4X. So if you are a Nissan person, if you're into that new platform, definitely consider clicking that subscribe button down below because there will be a ton of content coming on that new platform. But where I'm going with this is now I have this fully built rig, this super capable, you know, Titan swapped giant Frontier on 35 inch tires with a locker and a deck system and a roof rack and a, a, you know, everything on a rooftop tent, power, dual battery setup, all that stuff. It was totally kitted out and I decided to restart. So again, I've learned a lot over the last five or six years that I've been doing this, so I wanted to share some tips and stuff and and also share kind of an insight into my thought process for how I'm gonna be approaching this build. Again, with the intention that this will be helpful information for you if you are building a new rig or getting ready to build a new rig, or even if you're not and you just wanna kind of hear my thoughts on this thing, it could still be helpful even if you're in the- Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at Armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Middle of a build. So let's dive into the first part, which is being intentional with your build. I will say on my first build with the, with the Xterra, I was not intentional with my build. I was excited by things that I'd seen online, videos that I've watched on YouTube, things I've seen on the forums and on Facebook groups. And so before I even bought the Xterra, I bought a ton of stuff. I knew I wanted to be a big old monster truck looking thing on bigger tires with a lift, but I didn't want to spend a lot of money because I didn't have a lot of money back then. So like, I bought the cheapest possible Rough Country 2.5 inch spacer lift that I could get with longer shackles. Road like crap, I had coil bucket contact on that vehicle where the upper control arms were hitting the top of the coil bucket and causing awful noises and probably, you know, leading to extreme wear on those components too, but I just had to have it, right? I wasn't intentional with my build. I was like, I have not goals in mind, but I have like things in mind, mods in mind that I wanted to do rather than thinking through the long-term idea for the build, what kind of trips I wanted to go on, that kind of thing. So, you know, that's kind of my first tip is being intentional. Right? Taking some time, sort of stepping back, being slow with your modifications, and really thinking about how each modification is going to impact future modifications, right? Let me give you an example. My dual battery setup on my Frontier is awesome. It's amazing. I love it. But it's way overkill for most people probably. It's very pricey piece of kit. It's Red Arc stuff, which is amazing quality and should last forever. And I love it. Don't get me wrong. But it's also probably overkill for a lot of people, right? So if that's the case, then you just want to think about it. If you think that you're going to get into overlanding, you're going to be doing a lot of it, you're going to be spending, you know, months on the road or living out of your vehicle or sort of relying on your vehicle, then maybe it does make sense, right? So thinking about those things and really being intentional with your build and the, the goals for your build is a great way to sort of start. Um that goes for vehicle selection too, right? Like if you plan to have a vehicle for a really long time, you wanna make sure that you get something that's gonna be reliable, that's gonna be safe, that you can count on when you're out in the middle of nowhere doing those trips, right? So all that stuff sort of ties in with being intentional. Think about the aftermarket support for the vehicle you're gonna buy. Is there aftermarket support? Can you get parts for it? Can you get um, you know, lifts and tires and the things that you need? Do they make wheels for it? Do they have support for you know overlanding type of stuff as far as like mounts or things like that go for the inside of your vehicle? vehicle um you got to think about all that stuff so before you even run out and buy a vehicle think about what you want to do what your goals are be intentional with that build starting from vehicle selection going up through modifications to the vehicle going up through camping gear and other things that may or may not even be related directly to the build um think about that stuff and be intentional another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help You know, I thought a lot about I need a lift. I thought a lot about I want, you know, my truck to look aggressive. I want really aggressive MT tires, right? I was thinking about the what. I was thinking I've seen other vehicles on YouTube with these super ultra-aggressive MTs climbing over rocks in Moab. I want that. I want that thing, right? I want that mod. I want that gear. I want that that piece of something that will make my build cool. And what I mean by why not what is... Think about why you want those things, right? Like now that I look back at that build, I'm like, I put really aggressive offset wheels and tires on it. Plus I had spacers on it. Guess what? I took it out. I actually wheeled it, took it down the lane between the lakes and I cracked a fender, broke a quarter panel, bent out my two front fenders really bad when I fully flexed the suspension. Sure, it looked really cool. And then I actually did the things that I wanted to do with it and it damaged the truck. So, you know, think about the why. Why do you need bigger tires? Is it really just to get your truck or SUV or whatever up higher off the ground so you can clear more obstacles and get out to farther locations? Or is it, you know, to make the truck look cool, right? Like you wanna think about the why and not the what. If you are typically traveling on, you know, just gravel forest service roads and you don't really need a big old lift in tires, it's just going to make your gas mileage worse, right? It's going to cost you more money to go on those trips. It may diminish the number of trips you can take because you don't want to spend as much money on gas. My old truck, for example, with the 35s and stock gearing and everything, only got about 10 or 11 miles per gallon. Thinking through this Canada trip, I have a Canada trip coming up, I'll put a card up here to the video that I did with the guy that's planning it just to give you more info on that if you're interested, it's going to be epic. Um, but going on that trip here in a few months, my old truck, I was sitting there doing calculations on gas. It's about a 3600 mile round trip with no you know, side excursions, so call it a 4000 mile trip. It was going to cost me thousands of dollars for gas just to get all the way up there and get all the way back. On my new truck, it gets about 20ish miles per gallon average. So I've literally doubled my gas mileage. And guess what? It's new, so it's gonna be more reliable. It gets better gas mileage. It's got more comfort features. So I'm, on that big long trip, I'm gonna be more comfortable. I have more technology and features and stuff in the vehicle. So in that case, for me, the newer vehicle made a lot of sense for that. I'm also going to Moore Expo that's over in uh, Missouri. It's about 10, 11 hours away from where I live. In that case, taking the new truck makes a lot more sense than taking the old truck because, again, I'm going to get twice the gas mileage. It's going to be a more comfortable ride. It's going to be more reliable for that trip over there, right? So that was kind of where my head was at with that, but that is why you got to think about the why. Don't go out and buy a 20-year-old, you know, giant Bronco on 40s if you're gonna be driving 10, 15 hours away for a trip because that truck is gonna be miserable until you get it on the trails, right? If you wanna go wheeling, that's a different thing. If you wanna go overlanding, you wanna be relying on your vehicle, you need reliability. Gas mileage is actually a plus because it saves you money that you can then spend on more gear, right? Like it actually does make more sense to maybe buy something that's a little more fuel efficient, maybe like a Subaru or something, right? That will get you better gas mileage and give you good reliability for the long-term. So again, that's the why versus the what. Right. Think about the why. Why do you want to build this vehicle in a certain way? You know, why do you want to do these trips? And then think about the what you want to do to support that. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously. And six one since that matters. And what do I even say other than hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Why? So then the third sort of part of this little podcast episode about this is quality, not quantity. Again, not saying I'm changing my whole priorities or anything like that. You guys that have followed me for a while know that I'm a huge budget-minded person. I don't like to waste money. I don't like to spend a ton of money on gear if I don't have to. There are certain things where you can definitely get away with cheap stuff. A lot of those like battery packs and things like that sometimes. You can get away with buying just the cheapest one on Amazon. It'll last you for a couple years. It'll be fine. But the savings offsets the lack of quality, right? However... I have learned over the last five to six years, and I I kind of hate to admit it, but I have learned that there are certain things that you do want to spend the extra money on, right? There are certain quality pieces that in the long run will actually save you money and be more reliable for you and not fail on you at the worst possible time when you go out into the boonies. So let me give you a few examples of that and kind of what I'm thinking with that. So, you know, an example may be something like a rooftop tent sure you could go to amazon you could buy an eight hundred dollar one thousand dollar rooftop tent but if that thing starts leaking or if it you know a, a latch fails or something like that and you can't get it closed like this is going to cause you huge problems on a trip also not advocating for spending eight thousand dollars or twenty five thousand dollars on a red tail right like those are amazing they're nice if you have the budget for it do it but There are middle grounds, right? There are some good known brands that make rooftop tents that you could purchase as well, that are more in that like $1,500 to $2,500 range, right? So think about that kind of thing. Think about the quality, the quality pieces of gear that you wanna buy. Sleeping arrangements, so tent, whether you're a hammock camper or ground, tent camper. If you are going to buy a ground tent, don't buy that super cheapy, you know, Chinese made tent off Amazon. Maybe splurge for the gazelle or something like that, you know, that is going to give you a lot longer life, give you a lot more usability, give you a lot quicker setup, that sort of thing. Um, So sleeping arrangements, Also safety and and recovery gear, right? So with recovery gear, there is a lot of cheap stuff out there. I do find that a lot of it is really sort of similar and a lot of it's probably made in the same place. But that is also something that you either want to have redundancy in or you want to go ahead and spend the extra money to be super safe and have really good quality recovery gear. Um, Another thing is things like your winch, right? Things that are going to be sort of like your butt savers if you get into trouble. Again, not to say the cheaper ones are bad. They're, you know, the Badlands winches are actually pretty nice. My Open Road is a pretty budget-minded uh, winch, but it's fantastic. It, It's small in size and it, and it works great. So, you know, something like that is a place where you should spend money, but you don't have to go nuts. You don't have to spend a million bucks on a winch. A lot of them are pretty similar, but you still want to make sure that you get one that has good reviews that maybe you've talked to people or seen people that have run it for some period of time and it's been a good winch for them. Um, things like first aid and things like that too right so you want to think about you know when you're going out into the middle of nowhere you don't just want to literally buy the $15 cheapest one you know first aid kit that you can find on Amazon and take that with you you do want to put some thought into what makes the most sense and maybe spend a little bit more money on things like first aid same go for comms right there are a lot of really inexpensive options out there but especially if you're going to be in the middle of nowhere and you need something like a Garmin inreach or something like that or a Zolio it may be worth that money to spend that just to have that connectivity so that if something happened, you have a backup, you have a way to get an SOS out, you have a way to reach someone in case of an emergency. And then of course, just like your clothing, anything that's gonna touch you, right? Like if you're wearing super cheap stuff, then again, it's a good chance. I'll give you a good example. I bought some boots last winter that were like 50, 60 bucks on Amazon. They had decent reviews and everything. And I was like, these are gonna be great. I've never really had winter boots. My feet are always freezing, they're wet, right? So I'm gonna buy these things. And I bought them and they actually were pretty good for the trip that I went on. I went on a trip to Wisconsin earlier in 2023 and I wore these boots and they were pretty good for that trip. But literally after like three days of wearing them, I got home and I was taking them off and I looked at them and the uh, rubber section at the bottom was separating from the top part. And I was like, I've literally worn these for like three days. Right. So like if again, if, if you're then going out a second time, a third time, a fourth time, and you're using that gear and your shoes are literally falling apart, that's not good. You don't want to have wet feet in negative temps, in single digit temps. Right. So something like that that's going to keep you warm and keep you safe is important enough to spend a little bit extra money on. Go ahead and buy the Columbia stuff, buy the Patagonia, buy the, the nicer name brand stuff that is better quality that will last you for a longer period of time and not fail on you when you need it. Um, same goes for like awnings and things like that. You know, there are a ton of cheap awnings out there, and a lot of people have really good experiences with them, so not to disparage those necessarily. But, like, I've had a lot of those two... I've had two or three of those two-pole, you know, sort of typical eight-foot, six-and-a-half-foot awnings, and they're really hard to set up, and they're a big pain, and I found that I actually didn't set them up that much because of how much of a pain they were to set up. If you get any sort of wind, you're bending poles. If you get rain, they pool water really easily. It's tough to keep water off of them. You could damage them that way. So I have an OVS... 180 awning I love their stuff I love OVS awnings I love the rugged bound you know ostrich wing awnings all those like name brand Alucab makes one I think now too all those bigger batter name brand ones sure they cost a significant amount right but my OVS awning that I've had I've had it for like two years now and it's been fantastic and it's super easy to set up it's legless you don't have to you know it's freestanding you don't have to set up any legs or anything like that so it's way easier to set up I use it a lot more. It has probably twice or three times the coverage of a normal six and a half or eight foot uh, straight out awning. So it just has a ton of benefits. So yes, it will cost you some money up front, but if it lasts you for four, five, six years, is way easier to deploy and you use it a lot more, then it's worth the money to spend that on something like that. So that goes for rig modifications too. You know, again, I mentioned on my exterior, I bought some Rough Country stuff. Nothing against that. There are a lot of haters out there for Rough Country stuff. I think Rough Country has its place. I think it's fine. I think if you're just looking for a cheap lift to fit bigger tires so you can go over some bigger obstacles and most of your stuff isn't going to be hardcore wheeling, they're fine, right? I'm not going to be a hater. However, there is a lot better quality stuff out there like All Dogs Off-Road or Z1 has some solutions or Niztec has some solutions, right, for us Nissan people. There are a lot of options for better quality pieces of suspension and gear. Um, So anything when it comes to modifications on vehicles too, in a lot of cases, it makes sense to buy the more OEM style or OEM quality gear than it does just to buy the cheapest thing from China that you can find out there. So again, I am entering that phase with my new build with the new third gen Frontier. So if you want to follow along with that, click that subscribe button, click the bell to be notified when new videos drop. I plan to do like a video a week probably on the new Frontier, plus a gear review every week, plus the podcast slash vlog like this that I do every week. So there's going to be just a ton of content coming out on everything to do third gen Xterra, still a ton of Nissan stuff. Third gens are similar to the second gens, so don't go anywhere guys, if you're already subscribed for the second gen content. Um, I do still have currently the second gen truck right now. It may get sold here at some point, but for right now I'm still keeping it. Um, So yeah, just definitely check that out. There's gonna be a ton of stuff coming on that. If you're newer to Overlanding, I do a ton of stuff like this, where I talk about tips and tricks and things that I've learned over the last few years. So post up in the comments down below if you've got any comments, questions, I'm happy to help. Also in the description below will be links to all my other social channels. So wherever you want to come hang out, I'd love to have you click on those links and go join up wherever you want to for all things Overlanding. Um, And then last but not least, there's the uh, Patreon group and also the Newbie Overlanders group on Facebook. The Newbie Overlanders group is totally free to join. Patreon has a couple different tiers. If you just want to support the channel, if you want to get access to our exclusive Discord, it's pretty cool. We've got probably about 12 of us in there right now, kind of chat about rigs and things like that. We have a once a month call. If you want to be a part of that, definitely click on that. And other than that, that'll do it for this week's episode. I hope that was helpful for you. If it was, click that like button. If you're on YouTube, if you're on the podcast, leave a five-star review if you don't mind. I'd appreciate it. But so thanks again for watching. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you guys next week.